Welcome to Collision Cast, Fender Bender's official podcast, helping collision repair shop operators make money, save money, and work smarter. I'm Mike Munzenreiter, associate editor for Fender Bender, and with me today is Andrew Batenhorst, body shop manager at Pacific BMW in Glendale, California. Andrew recently reached out to me to talk about cycle time metrics, and more specifically, departmental cycle times, and how those have helped him hone in on possible areas of improvement at his facility. I thought it was a great reason to have him on the podcast. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for making the time. And actually, thanks for reaching out with this story idea, Andrew. Um, you mentioned it's something that's not super discussed. Yes. Uh, you know, historically, when we refer to cycle time, everybody knows cycle time is, you know, key to key. Um, or in some cases, if you're a DRP shop, rental cycle time is really, really important. Um, you know, it's a very crucial measurement. Um, but looking at departmental cycle time is a subject that I think is almost never talked about. So that's, uh, you know, it's something that uh, I have found to be a very useful tool in coaching and leading my team uh, through some of the challenges that we face in the shop. And it's, uh, it's been surprising as, in terms of what it's uncovered uh, in, in allowing us to better focus our efforts in resolving some of the traditional bottlenecks that we have. Yeah, what what pushed you to get looking at this more broken down cycle time? Um, it just came from, uh, a lot of it came from uh, Axel Nobel because we are an A-code shop and we are Carbeat users. Uh, and I had never had access to this data before signing up to them. Um, I know some of the other management systems out there may offer, offer that, but here at my shop, we had nothing. So to, to um, you know, Carbeat also includes a lot of other uh, reporting, but this is one that really caught my eye uh, as it starts to show really how long tasks are taking uh, in each stage of the repair. Got it. Yeah. There's so much I want to ask about there. Was, was it, uh, but before that, was, was this like more in-depth information, something you were seeking out or? Yes. Yeah. yeah, because to hold people accountable, you know, our shop being an A-code shop, we have a lot of, uh, we have standards posted for how the work quality is supposed to be. We have SOPs for, for each of the tasks that every employee needs to do for uh, their work product and their team. And then to hold them accountable to the times that we feel are appropriate for repair planning or for uh, body work and things like that. We want to, you know, you need some type of measurement to have that and cycle time, you know, key to key. Yeah. Okay. Well, it took 20 days to fix the car. That's fine, but you don't know. Okay. Was that 20 days was 10 of that waiting for parts was <laughs> eight of that waiting for the insurer. If this is an adjusted claim. So I always had this desire to want to dig deeper than that. And with the software we were using that none of that was available. So it was like, okay, well, Carbeat has, you know, the, obviously the visual, management of, of putting the cards up for each of your jobs. But then on top of that, now you have all that moment someone changes status when they drag a card to the next status, that generates a timestamp. And now you're allowed, now, now that comes with this whole suite of reporting and you can get all this other information. Yeah, you, you sent those screenshots along. Um, could you just kind of, I know we're, we're not in the best environment by a podcast for, for screenshots, but just how many how many different categories? I mean, you can really break it down step by step in the process. Right? You can, yeah. And I can, at some point here, I can share my screen because I do have the report up on my second uh, monitor. But yeah. you can configure that. They have the standard, um, 
breakdown in terms of departments. So I have check-in, repair plan, waiting for approvals. I have also uh, waiting for parts, uh, body, paint, uh, buff and polish, reassembly, sublet, detail, and so on. So you can get you know more detailed than that, but I think Carby kind of shies away from going too much more than maybe one or two extra statuses, uh, because every you know most most shops kind of fit into that that main uh, style or main setup of what what statuses are going on. What really jumped out at you when you first started getting these visualizations that really showed you you know so much more information about the process and the time it takes. So it's graphically represented on, on the report. So you could see the wider the band on the, on, on the report, the more time is spent in there. And uh, for us immediately, since we, we're a non-DRP shop, we focus on one brand, we're a BMW certified shop. For us, it's, it's our constant bottleneck is waiting for approval. Mm-hmm. And so when you're waiting for an insurer to come out to adjust the estimate, um, we have found um, that it was taking on, because you can also categorize it by job size. So from very large jobs all the way down to very small jobs. So we could filter, there's a whole set of filters on the left column there where you can look at, um, you know, which insurers took the longest, which job size take longest to get approved. So in our case, um, very large jobs would be above $20,000 at, at our shop. We found that it takes on average nine days is spent waiting for approval on a very large job in our shop. So then when you look at the overall cycle time of on some of those jobs, I think are 30 days. Yeah, you know, this is a $20,000 hit. Okay, well, a third of that was spent just waiting for an approval on a supplement. Uh, and that that is pretty eye-opening. And it's lended itself to have some very interesting discussions with insurance companies about that because they measure us on cycle time, right? So now we flipped the coin and now we, I've gone to managers and I've said, hey, here's your cycle time on giving me approvals. Um, is this something we can work on? Is it, uh, you know, are you understaffed or do you need more supporting documentation? What, what is it that we can do to make this easier for you, with, you know, to speed up the approval process? As we all know, the longer the car's in the shop, generally the worse the experience is going to be for the customer. Right, right. Yeah, that's a, that's a very tangible kind of takeaway and actionable, you know, yeah. thing that you got from having this information. What other, you know, what else have you been able to do with it? So on the production side of the shop, I have set up based on, um, you know, the, the we, we've taken goal, we've set goals for each of the, the employees. So that way we have a rough time frame for each job size of what we would expect in terms of a rough cycle time uh, expectation. So mm-hmm. if, uh, for blueprinting, for example, if a car is drivable um, and it came in before nine o'clock, you know, came in early in the morning, we would expect it to be uh, blueprinted or repair planned by the end of that day. And if it was a non-drivable car, we would extend that maybe to be you know, uh, the following day by two o'clock in the afternoon. So we set up standards and I got my team involved with setting those standards because yeah, I want yeah. to be reasonable and fair to them because not every job fits into a nice, neat little bucket. You know, some jobs are going to be more difficult than others. So I've done that for blueprinting. I've done that for, uh, you know, for parts. We have a rough idea, assuming there's no back orders. And then even for body work, paint work, reassembly, and so on. So that way everybody knows, hey, if I'm going to need more time than this, um, based on whatever circumstance, then we can go back and advise a customer 
Um, and then for me as, as the leader, then I can use that as an accountability tool to see if what ROs were the outlier. Because what's nice is you can hover over one of the statuses, click on it, and it'll tell you all the ROs that comprise that cycle time. So then you can really take a close look and say, okay, on this RO, we've seen maybe these four or five ROs had issues. And we could look in and talk, then go to the technician and say, hey, I, we noticed, you know, what happened on these cars? What caused this delay or what caused this issue where it stayed in your, in your part of the process a little bit longer than what we would have expected? And that's huge. That, that yeah. is, uh, that's a very powerful tool for coaching and leading as it identifies opportunities, whether it's we're deviating from our process, maybe we're deviating from our quality standard, things like that. Great. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned consulting with technicians, trying to, you know, figure out what's, what's realistic. Um, I know sometimes implementing change can have pushback, you know, what is the buy-in as far as. That's a very good point. Cause yeah. when you go from measuring people, not measuring people at all, which is that, that, that may be fairly common in our industry to then going to, or having high level measurements that they don't necessarily feel they have an input on to then going into like the minutia of, okay, well, these three ROs, you were delayed for what reason? People get sensitive. People don't like to be singled out, right? So it's a lot of one-on-one discussions and it's mm-hmm. always from a place of, of uh, growth and it's not used as a punishment. Now, people are gonna take it however they're gonna take it. I, I, you know, I can't be responsible for everybody's feelings about it, but I, but I can at least try to say, hey, this is, you know, if your goal is to, in our shop, our technicians flag. So if you wanna flag XYZ each pay period, here's what maybe we can do to ensure you're consistently gonna hit that number. Right. And if, if, you, if you follow the processes and you follow our, the, you know, the quality standard, and you're able to do things the right way, your cycle time will automatically become very consistent because you're doing things the same way on each job. And what we're doing is all repetitious work. In my case, it's all BMW. I, everybody's familiar with the, you know, the, the structure and how everything's put together and all that. So it becomes very consistent. And in other shops, you know, if, if it's, uh, you know, if you're doing the same kind of DRP work, this same model can, can apply there too. It's, we're not working on coach built Rolls Royces every day. So there's, you take the variability of the job out. And when you, when you do things like that, then it doesn't become a personal discussion with the technician, unless of course, this is repeat behavior of like, you know, months or weeks of, of, of a pattern of poor performance, then it's, then it's a different, you know, discussion Then maybe it's a training opportunity or maybe they've checked out and they're not interested in, in doing this anymore. Cause that happens too. Some people are like, Hey, this system isn't for me. This is this is uh, taking a very close look at what I'm producing, and that can, like I said before, it can make people uncomfortable depending on how the tool is used. Yeah, maybe maybe it's just the way I think, but I feel like having that visualization. Again, we're on the podcast, so we can't show, but yeah. it's a very visual thing, and it just seems tangible, and it seems like that might help. It does. Help, help it's, the medicine go down. <laughs> it, it is. And the other thing is a, a lot of times, and I, I think it's some people, you know, it's easy for someone to just finger point and say, well, no, the, the estimator didn't ride it right. Or the, you know, the yeah. painter, he painted the wrong color. That's why it took too long. And this can take away some of the excuses. This can really, as, as what uh, our consultant from Axel always says, it's draining the water out of the lake. So you see all the rocks on the bottom, right? <laughs> and sometimes 
what you thought was a smooth, flat lake bottom. It may have some, you know, have some crevices. It may have some boulders in there. And you need to get them, get the boulders out to be able to have smooth production flow throughout your, you know, your day-to-day -day operation. Why is it so important for your facility to have this information? Uh, I feel lost without it. I don't think I can effectively lead my crew without having this available to see because it, it helps me to, to find out, okay, maybe this was a fluke event. I don't want to manage by exception. I want to manage by, you know, the, the norm. And, and if we haven't, it, with this type of, of reporting, you find what the exception is very quickly. And you can see how that's affecting your, your, your departmental cycle time for each of those stages. So if, for instance, like right now, I, I have the report on my other screen. It shows my cycle time for the last 52 weeks for paint has been about 4.3 days. And out of that 4.3, almost 1.3 days was spent on buff and polish. So for me, this is, I know this is an ongoing issue because I've done the research on this. So I've been able to go talk to the painter. My painter is very young. He's, he's just out of a, 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 a technician program, like a, an apprentice program. So he's still learning the ropes. And that may mean that there's some delays in the paint department that are taking longer. And I can look at, how he does on big jobs, medium jobs, and small jobs. And we could talk about the successes and the opportunities because I don't want people to think that this tool is only meant as, you know, for, for accountability purposes or punishment purposes. It's not. It's, it's a snapshot in time of how things are going. And it can also be used to praise and reward your team when they're hitting their milestones and their targets that, that you've set. And it's something you celebrate. So it's, it's, uh, it's easy to get wrapped up in KPIs, whether it's just regular cycle time or rental cycle time or whatever, and use it as like, well, we're not good enough for, right. it all depends on how you look at it and how you use it. Yeah, it seems the ability to have that more granular information and really, you know, it's, it's not cutting out the noise, but it's just having so much more data points. It, it's yeah. like a big improvement on just key to key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, and it's nice because the program allows me to filter it by technician and also by estimator and by painter. Now, in my, I have a small shop; I only have fourteen, uh, you know, people here. So, but if this was a large operation, it becomes even more powerful because it's easy for things to get lost in the fold. If you're running a really large operation and and you've got four estimators, and it's like, well, how do I know what estimator one or estimator two was doing, let alone three and four? If they're all lumped into one thing and I don't know if they're taking too long or if they're shortcutting the process and they're going too fast, because that could also be causing delays further down in the pipe. As we all you know, reassembly always shows if you had a good repair plan, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you if you didn't blueprint the car correctly and you missed parts or you missed damage, it's always going to show up when the tech's trying to put it back together, because that's where, okay, well, I either I have the parts or I don't, or there's damage we missed or we got it. And that, that is all, you know, something that you can use with this kind of data to be able to see, okay, what's, you know, what's really on the bottom of the lake? What's, what's sitting there or what's, what's not? Well, now that you've gotten, um, you know, you've, you've got this view of what's on the bottom of the lake, you know, are, it, are, are there other KPIs that you'd love to be able to, you know, really open up with more data? Is there anything else you're looking at? Well, we also use through Carbeat, there's something in there called departmental uh, production. So when, within Carbeat, you update each card 
with the jobs details. So we put in the dollar amount and how many labor hours there are for body, paint, uh, frame, and mechanical. So now when you drag a card with that information updated, you the card moves into the next status. You could see how many hours were produced from that department when it moves into the next status. So Carbeat has another report. So you have a measurement of speed and then now you also have a measurement of flow. So you can see hours of, of what's being produced um, or dollars. You can fill, if you wanna filter it by dollars instead of hours, that, that option is there too. So you have this information available to you that, that uh, would normally be really difficult to try and get off of like your standard production report. You know, I think a lot of managers are used to walking the lot with their clipboard and their list and they tick off, you know, okay, this car is going to make it, this isn't. And you, and you walk around and you, you know, you do your, your morning uh, meeting where everybody's kind of following you around the parking lot. Carbeat kind of eliminates all that because everything is visually displayed on the screen. I have one production meeting a day where we talk about our, these kinds of KPIs. And then we go through and, and each of the teammates presents kind of what they're working on in their, their department and what, if they're going to hit their goals or if they're not, what do we need to do to help them hit those goals? Is it like reallocating resources? Cause we try to cross train as many people as we can. So that way we can, you know, if paint is shorthanded and they got, you know, 10 cars sitting in their queue. Okay. Well, let's pull someone from maybe a, there's a, there's a, maybe a former uh, painter's helper is now a body tech. Uh, maybe he's slow. He can jump over and help and paint for or vice versa. So that has proven really effective in managing your resources uh, and then visually being able to see where, where everything lies. And it, it makes it, and in the end, the, the whole goal with this is their stress level goes down. The shop's sales become almost um, very predictable if the volume is there. And then it becomes forecasting uh, of sales becomes really easy because you already know what's in the pot for the month. And you can go back to, you know, upper management or your owner and say, hey, here's here's our projection two weeks out. And um, it's generally for me, it's within two or three cars. I can be pretty accurate of how my month is going to shape up a week and a half, two weeks before the month ends. And when month end does happen, it's just another day. It's not the 14 hour, you know, you know mega palooza being in your office closing files. I go home at a reasonable time. I, you know, we all value our family time too. So this is all in, in an effort to reduce stress and increase productivity and, and uh, make things a little bit more transparent. Yeah, very good. It really does sound like uh, lifts the whole facility. You know, it does. Having, having more information, everybody gets a little, a little boost. That, and I think when you restrict information from your employees, it, it, can sometimes they don't may, may they may not understand the goal that you've set, and like something yeah. like this cycle time report. If I just set this goal that yeah I expect a body job to go through in two days, and and there was no rhyme or reason behind that, that's not a realistic thing for them to track themselves or to see what they're doing that's contributing to that, and that's really important because they have like you said the buy-in is really really crucial with all this because you can easily overload a technician with you know, too much data and too much analysis. And I've been guilty of that. I've done that before. And it's, and they get frustrated because it just seems like it's measurement upon measurement. And if you can filter it down to some of the higher level things, then it gets more manageable. Very good. Well, thank you so much. Um, much food for thought here, Andrew. I appreciate your time today. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us today. 
Once again, I'm Mike Munzenreiter with Fender Bender, and this was Collision Cast.